Beowulf. Page 36, paragraph 2. But when morning came, it was always the same gruesome story. Herot had become a slaughterhouse yet again. The walls blood splattered, and the floors blood soaked, and my dear brave kinsmen all gone as meat to the monster's lair. But none of these was as mighty a warrior as you, Beowulf. They had courage in full measure, but not the strength. You have both. So bring your men, sit down, eat with us, and drink with us. Tell us the stories of your great exploits, for just to hear them will fill the, our hearts with new hope and happiness. Then a space was cleared at the banqueting table for Beowulf and his geats, and the horn of sweetmead was passed around from geat to dane to dane to geat. That evening the poet stood and sang his words, and the harp played softly, and the litting lute and laughter echoed once again through the rafters of Hirot. There was, if was, it was true, some envious looks cast at Beowulf and his geatish warriors, and some envious words too. Amongst the Danish thanes, a few did not care to be outshone in this manner, and felt their honour threatened. Some challenged Beowulf openly, questioning his, his proud claim that he would succeed in the fight where they had not, especially, they said, if he faced up to Grendel, unarmed as he proposed he would. Stung at these insults, Beowulf spoke up strongly in his own defence. Do not worry yourselves on our account. We'll soon show this monster Grendel strength, courage and a firmness of purpose that he has never met before. Just because you have failed, don't imagine for one moment we shall do the same. We are made of sterner stuff than you think. Mark my words, by daylight the reign of this terror-tyrian tyrant will be over. We have come to do this, and with God's help we shall achieve it. The more Hothgarth heard, that kind and generous king, that great father protector, protector and shepherds of all the Danes, the more he hoped and then believed that Beowulf could better the beast that night. Doubts disappeared and all envy too, as the harp music rose to the rafters and laughter echoed once more about the great mead hall. Bearing the precious cu treasure cup, Hothgar's queen came now to Hurot to meet these gaitish uh, heroes, to greet and honour them. But to the peerless Hothgar, her husband and her beloved, she offered the cup first, and afterwards gave the cup to each of them, irrespective of age or rank, for she was always gracious and kind to all. Then to Beowulf she came, glittering in her regal beauty, her arm rings glowing gloriously. Offering him the cup, she thanked him warmly, and the good lord who had sent him, for coming so nobly to their aid. Accepting the treasure cup and her thanks most graciously, Beowulf rose to speak. We have come here, my lady, rode and sailed away across at the surging seas for one reason, for only one reason, to carry out the wishes of the great Hrothgar, your husband and king, 
and our friend and perfect ally to accomplish the death of this Grendel and to end the, forever the terror that stalks this place and all your people or to fail in, attempt, in the attempt and so meet our end. No words had ever sounded sweeter to, the late, to this lady, this splendid queen of the Danes. The poet sang then of the victory to come, of the, fool, the foul fiend destroyed and the evil banished. The geeks and Danes alike raised their rousing voices till all Hirot resounded once more to the ringing rafters. But now, as he looked out, Hrothgar saw the shadows lengthening and knew the time was coming to quit the hall. He knew, as they all did, that outside in the falling darkness, which would very soon drown the world, the dreaded monster was leaving his lair again, already gliding through the brooding shadows towards Hirot. Hrothgar and Beowulf, great heroes both, saluted one another in love and in parting. Hrothgar spoke his last words. I now hand over Hirot to you, brave Beowulf, to have and to hold through this night. Guard it well. I know that in the fight to come you will stretch every stewan, summon all the strength that and all the courage you possess. In return, should you survive and the beast be destroyed, I promise before everyone here, I will show you more generosity than a king ever shown, than a king ever shown before to any man. So saying, Hrothgar and his queen led the Danes from the hall. Only Beowulf and his geishist thanes remained, charged now with the safety of the kingdom. The time is soon coming, is soon coming. So let each of us put our trust in God, said Beowulf to his men, but our strength, but in our strength and fighting skills also. Do this and we shall not fail. And with that he took off his coat of mail and his helmet, as he had vowed to do. He unbuckled his war sword too and then gave all his armour and weapons to his faithful attendant. Before going to their beds, the geeks gathered together one last time, set forehead to forehead, drinking deep in one another's courage, fiercer now than ever in their fiery determination. We ask the Lord to bless our endeavours tonight, Beowulf whispered. Remember, we fight this we fight this fight in his name. It would be easy to come at the beast with weapons. But I shall cut short this monster's life with my own God-given strength. Let God choose which of us shall start triumphant, and we have no fear of losing. Believe that, my friends, and we shall win. So Beowulf went to his bed, and his men too, but in truth they, they slept only fitfully, for there was not one of them, not Beowulf even himself, himself even, who could be certain how the night would end, whether any of them would ever see again, again, would ever again see the light of dawn. They knew well enough how many brave days this Grendel creature had dragged lifelessly and bleeding from Hirot, and how unlikely it was that some of all of them would ever see their hearth and home. 
In silent prayer, each of them placed their, li their life in the hands of the Almighty Maker, who had from the very beginning ruled supremacy in all the affairs of men.